0: you can learn everything you want to learn you can listen to every podcast you can read every book but until you get in and do your first deal the opportunity cost you waste by having fear and not taking action and making decisions is going to cost you more in the long run
1: best ever listeners we've got the best ever conference coming up in february what february yes i know that's a long way away But if you want to save on the tickets, then get them now at besteverconference.com because the earlier you buy them, the more money you'll save on them. So go to besteverconference.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Joe Cornwell, how you doing, Joe? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Joe. He's been a police officer for six years. He currently lives in a suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio. He's a realtor for two years. He's done a live-in flip, and he did that from 2012 to 2015. He also owns two rentals, a total of eight units, using the Burr method. He plans to start his own brokerage and continue to grow and grow and grow. So with that being said, Joe, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely.
0: So as you said, I'm a buy and hold investor. So my goal is to grow to at least 20 units that I hold personally. And I got into real estate with the uh, live-in flip. That's kind of what opened my eyes to the potential of real estate. Prior to that, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do investing-wise for retirement. And When I started building real estate units for retirement savings, I kind of realized that this could be more of a wealth building tool than just a retirement type savings. So that's what initially piqued my interest into it.
1: With that live-in flip, were you married at the time? I was not. You were not. So a single guy. So peek behind the curtains, best ever listeners. I've known Joe for about, what, three years or so. First thing I did when I moved to Cincinnati was I started a meetup. And Joe has been one of the loyal attendees who comes every month for the last three years. So we've gotten to know each other fairly well. So I will attempt to ask questions that I would ask if I didn't know you. So you were single to time with the live and flip. And what are the numbers on the flip? Because I know that was the foundation that kind of served for you to build and build and build from where you're at then to now.
0: Right. Yeah. That was definitely the catalyst that opened my eyes to real estate being a wealth building tool. So I purchased a home in Milford, as you said, a suburb of Cincinnati. And my initial purchase, I think was 87, which was a pretty good deal even back in 2012 when the market was still pretty down. And I put about 7,500 bucks in materials into the house. And I did most of the work myself, which was kind of a learning experience in and of itself doing the rehab. was fortunate to have a stepfather with a ton of rehab experience, but he's of an age where he can't really do the work, but he was still there to kind of coach me through the process. And through that, I was able to sell it in 2015 for 125. And I think when I walked away, it was around a $40,000 profit. Obviously I got my down payment back and then there was a pretty close to 40 in profit as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So you got the profit from that deal and then what'd you do?
0: I actually used that to purchase my current personal home, which was about three and a half times more expensive. And I was able to put a much more substantial down payment, which would not have been possible without that first live-in flip. And I probably wouldn't have been able to afford my home at the time without those funds being made from the flip.
1: How much did you put in initially? You said 7,500 into materials in that eight, that first purchase. How much was your down payment?
0: I think on that one, I might've done 15%. I think the total was like 13. So I guess all in, I was 20 into it. About
1: 20,000. Yep, 20K all in. Okay. So 20K all into the first deal, you made 40K on it. And then you rolled that into your personal home. Robert Kiyosaki would slap you on the wrist for that. So then, then what?
0: At that time, this was not intentional. It wasn't some planned out thing. I did not buy the first home with any sort of metrics in mind. I really didn't know anything about real estate investing. It kind of just happened upon it. And I realized upon the selling is what really piqued my interest. So this is 2015, probably actually pretty close to when I met you. And I really piqued my interest into learning more about real estate. And at that time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Obviously, I was a police officer, as you mentioned. I'd been doing that for about three years at that time and the income was good. I enjoyed my career in law enforcement, but I realized, hey, there's a lot of potential here in real estate if I can figure out what I'm doing and make this not only a retirement tool, but a wealth building tool as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So the money was put into the personal home and we don't see it anymore, correct? Or did you leverage it in some way? Still, yeah, but still- it's in the home. Okay. So that's gone. So then what?
0: So as I started attending your meetups, as you mentioned, this was, I guess, maybe fall of 2015 or so, I really began learning everything I could about real estate. I'd started absorbing every book I could get my hands on, online resources, podcasts such as yours, and doing everything I could to really learn about real estate, which kind of led me to going down the process of buying hold. I kind of knew that flipping and wholesaling was more of a job. Mm-hmm. And even though those were extremely interesting to me and still could be in the future business plan, it was more of a job and not an investment to me. So the buy and hold strategy was really what piqued my interest in what I wanted to pursue.
1: What was the next purchase?
0: So the first actual rental purchase was a duplex in the city of Deer Park, which is where I'm a police officer. So it was kind of part of the plan there to be somewhere I'm physically at most of the time for my first purchase. I wanted to be very hands-on. I wanted to keep a good eye on my tenants. Obviously, one of my biggest fears prior to investing was how hard is landlording really going to be? Are my tenants going to trash the place? That kind of thing. So being there physically and obviously being a police officer gave me a little bit of a competitive advantage to managing tenants.
1: What are the numbers?
0: The initial purchase on the duplex was at eighty nine thousand, which is a pretty good deal, even in that market at the time. the comps were like one forty plus on any duplex sold in the school district for Deer Park. So I put twenty five percent down, so it was twenty two two fifty down. I ended up putting a total of thirty eight thousand into the rehab. So it was a very substantial rehab. This house was about ninety years old when I bought it.
1: Thirty eight thousand, you say?
0: 14 in materials and 24,000 in labor. That was a total of 38 in renovations, which is basically a rebuild on the interior for both units.
1: Okay. You said it was a good deal based on comps. What about the post-renovation rents?
0: After it was renovated, I was able to get a total of 1,500 a month, which was 850 for the downstairs, which is a two-bedroom, and then 650 for the upstairs, which is a one-bedroom apartment.
1: Okay. What were they renting for before the renovations?
0: I believe he was getting 500 on the upstairs. I'm honestly astonished that the previous owner was able to get 500 a month because it was in complete disrepair. Half the plumbing didn't work. The bathroom wasn't really usable. It was honestly in horrible condition. So the fact that he was able to get any rent was pretty surprising, but I think it was just an extremely long-term tenant that didn't really complain much and was happy to just have a place to live. So downstairs, I believe was a family member. So I don't think he was even collecting rent on the downstairs.
1: Okay. And 1500, you're all in at 127,000. So that is a 1.1%. You nailed the 1% rule, but not one and a half percent or two. So it doesn't sound like it was a killer deal. It sounds like it was a really solid deal. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, it was for the rehab. Obviously, the cash on cash was very low. I think it was at like 13%, which is under my metric of what I would want. But for the all-in, the rent ratio was also low. However, when I was able to go for the refi, I was able to pull all of the capital from the renovations back plus a little bit more of the down payment as well. So the strategy was to do a, a bird type method. And I knew going
1: in that it was going to be a big renovation job. Uh, there's the key. So you, I heard you correctly. You're able to pull... Back out the twenty three thousand dollar down payment and the thirty eight thousand dollars out of pocket costs
0: not all of it so not all of it to, I was able to get back forty one thousand and that included the closing costs for the refinance so forty one thousand total cash back and I was all in on the renovation for thirty eight so let's say nineteen is what I still have into
1: the yeah you got back sixty seven percent. From all-in money, you got back 67% of what you put in initially and the property cash flows? Yeah. So I'm still cash flowing with the new loan at about 400 a month. That's on a
0: 20-year amortization. So obviously, they're good for the short-term loan. And my cash on cash went up to 22%, which I was very happy with. So that's above my goal, which is 20.
1: The 38000 and the 23000 that just come from the piggy bank from your W-2 job?
0: Right. So a little bit of savings from my W-2. And one of the reasons why I ended up getting my real estate license that you mentioned before was not only to learn more of the business from the inside, but predominantly so I could take my commissions. I don't need that money to live on to pay my bills because obviously I do have another full-time job. However, I wanted to accelerate my savings by having the commissions coming in from another income source. So that's why I pursued the real estate license. So not only am I able to help other clients who are doing the same things that I'm doing, but I'm able to make extra income to accelerate my buy and hold strategy.
1: Mm -hmm. Then you've got the money back out. What'd you say is 40, how much? Yeah.
0: 41 was what I
1: cleared after. 40,000 is what you cleared, put in 61 total and you got 41K back. So you're into the property. For $20,000, you've got a cash flowing property and now what'd you do?
0: So I took that refinance and I knew roughly what I was going to have back as far as the cash out. And I started looking for another property and I was able to find a six family property, which is also just outside of Cincinnati and in a good neighborhood. I was able to take that 41000 that I got from the cash out with another ten thousand in savings from the real estate commissions, and put that down on a six-family, which is obviously increased my cash flow substantially. In addition to the four hundred that I'm getting on the duplex.
1: And what are the numbers on the six-family?
0: As it were, purchased currently, and I actually just closed on this last week.
1: Congrats, by the way.
0: At purchase, the rents are. Three thousand and fifty dollars. So that's five units at 500 and one unit at five fifty. My plan for the property and what I'm already implementing is to get all of the total rents to six hundred each, which would be thirty six hundred a month plus coin laundry, which is roughly seventy five to one hundred a month. So that is the plan. It should take about twelve months. And this actually has the potential to be another burst strategy because at purchase which was at 246,000 was the purchase i'm actually going to be able to increase the valuation because it's a commercial property using the noi minus expenses and the cap rate which is roughly 8% for the area to actually bring the market value of that property up to
1: 315,000 mm. how long's that plan projected to take
0: i think within 12 months I will have the rents the way they should be at market and that includes renovating three of the six apartments. So within 12 months, I would uh, have that at its highest current value.
1: And how did you select the management partner to help you with this business plan?
0: Well, I'm actually managing it myself.
1: You're doing it yourself, self-managing?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Why are you self-managing versus a third party?
0: Well, there's a few reasons. One, I only have eight units, so it's manageable to manage. It's not overwhelming at this point, even though I do have a couple of careers. So that's one. Two, I wanted to learn the business from the inside. And I think part of learning the business is being hands-on, especially at the beginning, and leasing the tenants, doing the screening, dealing with issues as they come up, dealing with contractors, all of those things that property managers do, and I think it's important to learn that from the inside. Now, the third reason, and specifically in my situation, I want to eventually build a property management company as part of the brokerage and offer those services as well as brokering sales and purchases of real estate. So obviously having that experience, having units and having managed them under my belt is going to go a long way in building the property management company in the future.
1: How'd you find the six unit?
0: It was actually just an MLS deal that had been on market for a little while. I had a a somewhat of an existing relationship with the agent and was able to talk to him at the price. They listed it, which was at 275. They didn't have a lot of interest. They hadn't done any price drops. So I think it kind of went under the radar for a little while. Luckily I was able to go in and negotiate and get it down to 246. So I was very happy at that purchase price.
1: How'd you arrive from 275 to 246? How'd that back and forth go?
0: Well, the initial thing, because this, again, is a commercial property, I was able to kind of demonstrate to the agent and to the seller that the rents hadn't really been raised since he had owned it, which was eight years. He'd raised them a little bit at a time, but it wasn't nearly where it should have been for the market rents. So I was able to show them that this property is really only around the 230 to 240 range. That's the market value on it. I explained to them, if you guys want to renovate it and bring the rents up to market, then maybe worth close to what you're asking for or even more. But if you're not willing to do that, then you're probably going to have to lower the asking price to sell it at its current value. So luckily they were able to understand that. I was able to demonstrate that. And and honestly, it was the truth. So luckily we were able to come to agreement after that conversation.
1: What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: I would say that the Number one lesson I've learned and looking back at the past two years that I've been educating myself in real estate is that you really cannot learn this business and whether that's flipping buy and hold or wholesaling, unless you actually get into it and do it. So I think that's the most important thing. I work with a lot of first time investor clients and I have this conversation with most of them. You can learn everything you want to learn. You can listen to every podcast, you can read every book, but until you get in and do your first deal, the opportunity cost you waste by having fear and not taking action and making decisions is going to cost you more in the long run than even a you know, bad or mediocre deal for your first executed deal.
1: 100% agree. If you were given the opportunity to approach anything that you've done differently, what would you do differently?
0: It would definitely be my first contractor experience and relationship that would have been completely different. What happened? Long story short, I basically paid a contractor about $3,000 for work that was not completed or was completed incorrectly that had to be redone. And I did have a contract with them and They did not hold up to the end of the contract, and I kind of learned the painful lesson that it was going to cost me more in legal fees and time than I would be able to recuperate even if I won a civil litigation. So I learned the hard way to never pay a contractor for work that's not completed or not completed correctly.
1: What checks and balances would you have in place in the future?
0: I do things a little bit differently now. One, I found better contractors. I think that's the easiest and probably most important aspect of this. I found contractors that I trust and that are reliable.
1: How do you screen for that trust and reliability? Well, the second group of contractors I
0: was fortunate to find were actually referrals from one of my tenants who he had previously worked for their company. So it's a mix of right place, right time, but also to tell everybody you interact with what you need. Because if people don't know what you're looking for in any aspect of your business, you're not going to have people that are able to help you find those things. So just by talking to my tenants and explaining to them what I needed, they were actually luckily able to connect me with almost the perfect fit to the puzzle piece, so to speak. But as far as me personally, what I do differently is I inspect all the work myself prior to releasing funds and I make sure it's done correctly. If I don't Know enough about what it is that they did, which luckily now with the experience I've gained, I I pretty much do. But if I didn't understand what should be done correctly, I would bring in somebody else that I do trust or a third party to inspect work, again, prior to releasing those funds for things that aren't done or not done
1: correctly. That's where you bring in your stepdad, the heavy hitter, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, Yeah, anybody that can pay somebody, even inspection companies to come out and inspect work. So there's a lot of resources, even if you don't have that that advantage there.
1: On a related note, on my very first house that I purchased for $76,000, which is actually the same amount that you put into your first one, we got the inspection report. I didn't know what the heck I was looking at. So I immediately emailed to my dad and my brother-in-law and then they gave me their thoughts. So we might not have the right skill set, but we just have to be resourceful to find others who care about us and our financial well-being to help us out.
0: Exactly, And especially when you're brand new, obviously, let's say five years total of of being involved with real estate, the amount of information I've learned, and I tell people this a lot, I feel like I could have got my PhD in real estate because I've spent more time studying real estate than I ever did in college because it's something I'm passionate about. And it means more to me, honestly, than college classwork did. So I feel like you don't have to do this for 30 years to learn a lot about this business. If you put the time and the effort in, you can learn a lot in a quick amount of time.
1: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, we've got the best ever conference coming up in February. What? February? Yes. I know that's a long way away, but if you want to save on the tickets, then get them now at besteverconference.com because... The earlier you buy them, the more money you'll save on them. So go to besteverconference.com. The Invest This podcast interviews the elite in real estate investment to uncover the secrets to building an empire in every aspect of real estate investment. Visit investthispodcast.com, that's I-N-V-E-S-T-T-H-I-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com for the top 10 real estate books to build your empire and to learn more. Best ever book you've read.
0: I would definitely say, well, can I give more than one or just-
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Well, I enjoyed both volumes of your book. Those were great. Ah, uh, you don't have to
1: say that. Come on. <laughs>
0: They're really good. They gave me great perspective from a lot of different aspects of real estate. I enjoy the Bigger Pockets books. I read all of those. And then obviously the Kiyosaki books are really good as well. So that involves a few lines of books, but those are all great things for new investors.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: I would say this uh, second purchase here, the six family, is going to be the best deal. It's, it's already on track to do really well. And the cash flow is going to be a huge step in, in my long-term goals.
1: What's the business plan with that in terms of getting your money back out, if there is one?
0: I'm considering, depending on where I'm at in 12 months, doing another burr with this building. Because obviously there's going to be around forty plus thousand there in equity that I could potentially tap into while leaving 20 to 25% into the building. But it also depends on my personal finances. Obviously, if I'm able to save enough for the next good deal that I come across, I may not need access to this funds right away. So it's really going to be deal dependent at that point.
1: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about?
0: Aside from the contractor issue on the duplex that I already mentioned, I would say the biggest mistake I made was underestimating the renovations. And what I mean by that is on the duplex, I estimated about 25000 in a worst-case scenario. And I quickly learned that when you start tearing walls off and basically gutting a building, especially a 90-year-old building, there is substantial risk for other issues. So I found knob and tube wiring, I found additional structural damage from termites, and obviously electrical and structural costs added up very quickly, which ended up being almost $15,000 over my initial budget.
1: Best ever way you'd like to give back?
0: I really enjoy giving back to the police and fire communities. So one of the aspects of my business is offering as discounted real estate services I'm allowed to. And I think that police and fire and those tight-knit communities have a hard time trusting other people. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons for that. But having a real estate professional that they can trust and is also going to give them the best financial break they can is one of the aspects of my business that I enjoy doing.
1: And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you?
0: I would say the best way is to email me, and my current email is j cornwell. So that's j c o r n w e l l at sibcycline. That's s i b c y c l i n e dot com. And if you need any real estate services in the Cincinnati market, I'd be happy to help.
1: Sweet. Well, Joe, thank you for being on the show and catching up with us and talking to us about how you got started and grown from the live-in flip to now eight units and recently including that six-unit property. And then the numbers, I love getting into the details of the numbers and how you approach each transaction. And as we're going through it, it's clear that it's just building and building and building. And there's not a lot of additional out-of-pocket cash that's coming into these deals. There is some, but there's not a lot. And the rewards are certainly disproportionately larger relative to the amount of additional cash that's being put into each of these deals. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Invest This Podcast interviews the elite in real estate investment to uncover the secrets to building an empire in every aspect of real estate investment. Visit investthispodcast.com. That's I-N-V-E-S-T-T-H-I-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com for the top 10 real estate books to build your empire and to learn more.